think when you hear the term wellness? Do you think living a healthy, happy life, doing some exercise and eating some nice, healthy food? So do I. But the problem is now the wellness term has been hijacked by big businesses making a lot and lot of money. It's also been hijacked by people who don't really understand wellness. They've made it into this elitist activity that we should all be striving for. They look at it through their own lens, one of privilege, one of money, one of perfection. That's what we're going to look at in today's episode. And I'll be talking you through why it drives me absolutely nuts. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Tara Leong. I'm a registered nutritionist and I get a bit ranty sometimes. Let's get started. industry really has become a joke. There's no doubt that the industry and all of the people within it help some people live a healthier life, a happier life, a calmer life, a more fit life, a more nutritious life. But the issue is that the industry is aimed at helping what's called the worried well. And those are the people who are already actually quite healthy with money, And they're worried and concerned that they need to be healthier. They need to eat better. They need to exercise more. They need to sleep better, get more sleep, wake up earlier. They need to be more, achieve more. They're worried that they're not well enough because unfortunately what's happened now is the picture of health has really morphed over the last few years. I'd say over the last five years particularly into one of absolute perfection. And it's fueled by this wellness industry. You look at any wellness post by any wellness blogger, wellness brand selling any wellness products. You look at any of these things and it's perfection. It's all color coordinated. It's all bliss. It's all happiness. And no doubt this is really actually quite inspiring for many of us. But I think that the issue here is that this perfection, this wellness perfection, it sets up this terrible standard of what we should be aiming towards. And the problem with that is that that standard for many, it's unattainable. It's not able to be reached easily. And so it turns people off. It makes people not want to try to improve their health. It makes people not want to try to eat more salad because the salads that are posted by these wellness people take a million different ingredients, a lot of money for all of the extra stuff. And it actually requires a lot of cooking skills. So I do wish the wellness industry would just put one ounce of their effort into actually helping those who actually need it. Those who've grown up in low-income housing, for example, who know nothing about how to cook, who've lost their job and have no money to purchase any food, let alone almond meal and 
quinoa, which is what all the wellness people are telling us to, that we have to do. I wish they'd help those who have difficulty understanding and reading information. And it's called information literacy. I wish that they would be writing in a way that anyone can understand their information and can relate to. I wish that they could try somehow and reach those who don't have enough money to pay for iPhone or internet to try and research their own health. The advice given out by wellness people is it's, it's nice. It is. It's happiness and rainbows and lovely food and Instagram pictures. They recommend, you know, things like don't eat processed foods, swap to only whole foods, for example. This is a great message. It is actually a great message. But it's actually kind of useless in the grand scheme of, of the world, and particularly here in Australia. The research is really, really clear that those who are the most unhealthy in Australia and over the world are actually those who are the poorest, who are the least educated. So those people who need help to try and eat better, move more, they need the basics. They need the fundamentals. They need to be inspired to reduce maybe one of their cans of Cokes per day out of the nine that they drink. Not to cut Coke altogether. Now, look, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Coke is fine, that everyone can drink Coke and there's no uh, ongoing effects. That's not what I'm saying. But what the wellness people do is they create this theory and this theme that everyone has to go cold turkey. There's no in-between. There's no shades of grey. There's just you shouldn't eat this, you shouldn't do that. If you eat this, these are the disastrous consequences that will occur. And for most people, that's what makes health unattainable. It's, it's too difficult. They don't know where to start because the bar has been set so ridiculously high and it's been set by people who have money, who have privilege. And I have to say that what this shows is a lack of knowledge and a lack of understanding and education about health. And that's where I guess a health professional differs to someone who just gives out health information. A health professional who's done a degree, they have to study all of the contributing factors that lead to a person's decision on what they eat, how they move, how they feel about themselves. They do so many different subjects and countless study on this on what makes healthy populations, on, on how to inspire people. And it really comes down to understanding that not everyone has money, not everyone has the privilege to be able to sit on Instagram and get inspiration from fancy recipes and go out and buy quinoa. Or go out and pay extra for brown rice instead of white rice. Or go out and buy hemp seeds to add protein and lots of essential vitamins and minerals 
to their porridge. You know, I saw a post the other day by a very well-known wellness person. She has millions of followers and really aims to inspire people to live a healthy life and and live one of abundance and good health. And she did a post the other day and it, it just, it showed me the problem with this industry, the wellness industry. So the post was about the fact that she runs her own business, so she works days, nights, weekends, whatever to get the job done and that she lives a lovely life and that she encourages others to do the same as her and that is every month on the first day of of her period she takes the day off and she does what her body, she thinks her body needs. So whether that be lie in bed or go for a walk on the beach, um, soak up some sunshine, read a book, she takes the day off work. Now, this is to millions of followers, and she was inspiring people to take charge of their health. Now, I'm I'm sorry, but giving advice that the way to take charge of your health is to take the day off work and look after your body, it just reeks of privilege, and it's so tone deaf as to what the majority of Australians or the majority of people around the world actually experience each day and the trials and tribulations that people do in fact go through. People can't just take a day off work. A mum of three kids who's, who's trying to pay off the mortgage, who works at the supermarket, can't just ring up the boss and say, I'm sorry I can't come into work today because I'm looking after my health and I'm prioritising myself. They'll get fired. They won't be able to feed their kids if they did that. And the issue is with many of these wellness people is that they are giving advice, which is often incorrect, and you've heard me talk about that before. It's quite dangerously incorrect and could actually cause harm. But then they they recommend and try to inspire by showing people all these fancy, amazing ingredients to use. Now, don't get me wrong, I use a lot of them. I put hemp seeds in my porridge. But it's not the be-all and end-all of good health. But that's what the wellness industry makes you believe. So these companies that sell these wellness products like fizzy vitamins that you can put in your water Their whole marketing campaigns are based around making you feel like you're missing out, like you don't have enough energy, you're not sleeping well enough and you could be doing better, you could be sleeping more, you could have more power and energy, you should be exercising more. And to do that, to do all of that, buy their fizzy vitamin water tablet things that you chuck in your water and carry around with you and Instagram all the time in pretty photos. If people in the wellness industry, if they truly cared, they would actually step outside of their own privilege. They would do the work and they would actually learn and be interested in learning about the multifaceted reasons why a person eats different foods, including junk food, 
Um, And they would stop placing the blame and the onus on individuals and making them feel crap in order to inspire them. And I hate it. I, I really hate it when they hide behind this veil of trying to be empowering, uplifting and, and inspirational. It really irks me because it just shows that although they feel that they have the right intention, I believe, and most health professionals are with me on this, we believe that they don't. So usually their motive is to sell more of their programs, whether that be a life reset program or a detox program or what have you. And then with companies like food companies and supplement companies, the intent, the main driver is profit, is to make money. And they know that the way to do that is to make us feel like we aren't good enough. So my message to you guys, the listeners, is to please, please, please never feel that you aren't doing enough based on what you see these wellness industry people doing. Don't compare yourself to them. Quite often they're paid money to promote certain ways of living, certain foods they're eating, supplements they're taking, and they don't tell you that. You can go back and you can listen to my episode on the influencing industry if you'd like. The other thing is they just lack this this education. They really do. They don't understand health and they don't understand how to try and fix health. They think they're doing the right thing bless them, but they're not. The issue that I have is when they are tone deaf and they don't listen to the feedback that they get. So there's been quite a few instances where I've actually very kindly reached out to um, a few of these people and just let them know, oh, I just, you know, long story short, but, oh, you know, a lot of this information, I don't know if you thought about it this way, but it's actually quite stigmatizing. It's it's um, it's um, actually make could make people feel quite down on themselves. And the response I got from one of them was, "Well, that's not up to me. That's up to the individual to have the strength to not get upset by what I post or to not feel bad about themselves. That's up. That's on them, not me." So that's what really, really gets me about this industry. My advice to companies or people who have wellness accounts is to do some work, take a look at the lens you're looking through when you talk about health. And to all you listeners, just think twice next time before you buy that product. Have a think through things like, do I trust the person who has said that this is a good product to buy? Do they have any qualifications? Could this product actually be harming me? And most of all, do I actually need this product? Because I tell you, most of those wellness products are not required they are not necessary for good health. I can't, I can't emphasize that enough. If, if you get one thing out of today's podcast, it is that most of these products being sold, they're a lovely addition to health, but they are not required. 
You don't need vitamins in your water. You don't need magical mushroom powder in your lattes. You don't need adrenal detox reset programs. You don't need these things, even though the industry makes you feel like you do. So let's all try and get out of this wellness rut because I think it's so 2018. We're done with that now. We've gone into this wellness place that is really quite frightening. It's because we found out the world is getting pretty unwell, not very healthy. So that we've gone from one extreme to now trying to promote this absolute picture of health, which is completely unattainable. And that unfortunately, an industry who makes money off this is profiting from. So let's start to think of health as something much more than asahi berries and apple cider vinegar as being the gold standard that we should all be reaching for. Because it's not, is it? It really isn't. You're doing so well if you can eat vegetables and fruit each day. You're doing so well if you can think about the ways you can add fiber into your dinner. You're doing so well if you can go for your walk in the morning before work. You don't have to be doing all of these fancy things, which are lovely and I do encourage, but you don't have to be doing it all. Don't let the fear of missing out or FOMO cloud you in seeing what is actually true and realistic. Because if you can start to do realistic things, realistically, your health will take care of itself. You won't have to be striving or working particularly hard for it. It will come and your psychological health won't be damaged. So let's get back to some realistic advice that is accessible to all people, everyone, and can be implemented by everyone that we can all do. And let's create lifelong sustainable change, not this fancy Instagram picture of what we think health should be. guys feel about that do you think it will change the way that you view health or wellness now I would love to hear from you just drop me a line on any of my social media the nutrition guru and the chef or an email or you could even leave a review in the apple store uh, apple podcast store that'd be awesome I'm gonna read one out from Katie right now So Katie left five stars and she said, I love Nutrition Guru and the Chef social media pages. Thank you. And now love Tara's podcast. Yay. Thank you. Very interesting and useful information that's actually evidence-based and broken down for everyone to easily understand. Very entertaining as well as educational. Oh, thank you very much, Katie. Thank you for leaving your review. Um. Hajet Kerjo has said truth in a five-star review, just honest truth. It cuts through all the bull of social media. Thank you. Thank you. Lisi has always already has also left a five-star review and she has said, Tara's episodes have made me laugh, cry and learn. 
She's great, raw, real, and she and her guests cover perspectives perfectly. Thank you for cementing my love for nutrition and aspirations to study further. Have a listen. Oh, thank you, Lisey, and good luck with your studies. Thank you so much for listening. And one more, Mama Sof has said, could listen to Tara and her guests talk about nutrition all day. In fact, I listened to all of the episodes in 24 hours. (laughs) That makes me, that just cracks me up thinking that my voice is in your ears for 24 hours. Um, Thank you so much, Tara. You are making a wonderful difference. Oh, thank you, Mama Soph. That's fabulous. But I should say thank you to all the listeners for helping to, well, just for having that interest in nutrition and wanting to listen. And then I know that a lot of you forward on the episodes to your friends and family and just help get the kind of just normal nutrition messages out there because it benefits everyone. I see this as a bigger picture than just me. Um, So thank you for being involved. And that's it for me today. I'm going to sign off and I'll see you next episode. We've got some really great uh, episodes coming up because I have three wonderful, wonderful work placement students with me who will be helping produce some podcasts so the first one is on isogenics which I know that you're all keen on the other is the paleo diet and actually looking at new research that's come out on the effects of the paleo diet on our gut health and what the researchers are finding is is that it's not actually that good And then the other is the Mediterranean diet and the benefits of the Mediterranean diet. We'll be interviewing an expert who's researching the Mediterranean diet here in Australia. All right, bye-bye for now. See ya.